Captain Kirk. Fascinating. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. Thank you, thank you. Love you. Most illogical. I saw. Well, that was different. Yep, rousy, but different. Places, please. And here we go. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, bears, species, 8472 and things. Oh. Episode 39 of the Muppet Trek podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Jarman, and we're here to compare, contrast, and confer about our two favorite franchises. And what are those, Steve? Uh, it's the Muppets and Star Trek. We have been doing one-to-one reviews of the Muppet Show and Star Trek, the original series. And tonight, we're covering the Muppet Show with special guest star Elton John. Uh, I don't know who that is. Who? And Star Trek original series episode, Journey to Babel. Yeah. And yes, he said that correct. It's Babel. That's we right. checked. According to how they say it in the episode. Uh, but before we go any farther, German, do we have any feedback? We do. We had a lovely Ooh. little call out from our friend Paul Wright on Twitter. Uh, he says, woohoo, my son had just got a Disney Plus, so now I can watch the Muppets before listening to the podcast. So that's a big change that's happened, folks, if you're listening to some real time and not in the, the future. Uh, Disney Plus now has most of the uh, Muppet show, almost all of it on on uh, yeah. Disney Plus. A uh, hundred episodes fully intact. 18 had to have some minor cuts due to some copyright stuff that's still being resolved. And two episodes are not being released at all. One for major copyright issues they are still resolving. And the other because it. Uh, features a convicted pedophile. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, there's that. And they decided not to release that one. But otherwise, <laughs> most of the Muppet show intact, remastered, and beautiful is on Disney Plus right now. That's right. So you can follow along with us. If you haven't been able to before, you were just working off your memories of watching the Muppet show. Now you can actually find an easy place to get it. Uh, find someone with a Disney Plus account if you don't have your own, and you can watch it. And even own. for huge long-term fans like me, this will be the first time that I will have seen season four or season five not in bootleg. There you go. Which is, is crazy important. to me. And which is great is uh, our second piece of feedback here is um, a lot of people in my regular life now are like the Muppets. I love watching the Muppets, the old show, or they never seen it before. And it's a great <laughs> opportunity for me to say, by the way, I've got a podcast called Muppet Trek podcast where you can follow along with all these episodes, and listen to our funny reviews and factoids and learn about the and episodes. Learn all about the Muppets that you love. Yes. And this, I was shooting a, a short film, I'm shooting a short film right now. And there's a guy on set, an actor who came and talked to me. And I guess he knew I mentioned the Muppets before because he started talking about Muppets out of nowhere. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's really stinks. Uh, they, the Don Knotts episode of the Muppets, uh, it has a copyright issue with the song at the end, which is the point of the whole episode, and they can't play the song at the end. And I'm like, I just watched that episode last week. A lullaby <laughs> Birdland? A lullaby to Birdland. <laughs> and so he's like, the whole so time he's, he's taking the sunglasses off of Fozzie, and we don't know why, because at the end it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I said that that is one of the 18 episodes that had some sort of cut due to copyright issues. Right. And they're trying to figure it out, I guess, and see why they can't play that song now, even though they already played it in the episode. And uh, unfortunately, one of the missing episodes is honestly one of the best and one I was looking most forward to. So I hope they figure it out because it's the Brooke Shields episode where the entire episode is based off Alice in Wonderland. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It's spectacular. It's a great episode. Yeah. We'll I'm still find it bootleg if Disney doesn't have it. Well, Don Knotts is an episode will coming up soon, episode 43, I believe. Uh, and we have a special surprise for you on episode, folks. So stay tuned for the Don Knotts episode. Ooh, it's Don Knotts episode. It's going to be great. So check Before it out. For that, this Elton Joan. Yeah, who is Elton Joan? Uh, well, <laughs> it's uh, for guest context, it's Elton John. Oh. Known for songs like Tiny Dancer and Rocket Man. <laughs> it's Elton John. 
<laughs> but what does our audience know him from? Besides a cameo in The Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, probably being Elton John. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie out recently but where Joel Edgerton played him? Yes. Rocket Man. <laughs> yeah, that's where we know him and from. They were together in the second Kingsman film. It's just crazy. Weird. Uh, but on stage this week, uh, Kermit introduces uh, Mr. Elton John. Uh, we get Crocodile Rock in this ridiculous feather costume in a swamp, and it is just an awesome number with crocodiles singing along. It's just spectacular. <laughs> Afterwards, we get the Swedish chef who accuses his chicken of switching out eggs for ping pong balls, and the chef opts to cook the chicken instead, chasing it off stage. Up next is Veterinarian's Hospital, where the patient is a fellow dog, played by Baskerville, and we just get a bunch of dog jokes. Mm-hmm. Following this, we get a upbeat musical number, number any old iron with Kermit. And it's just sort of a fun ruckus number. Uh, we then get the in, uh, scooter that introduces Elton John. Uh, the Swedish chef chases the chicken across stage and we get goodbye. Yellow brick road with Elton John and Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem. We then get a, a pigs in space. The swine trek has an intruding alien force of some sort. And as they worry about what it is, it's revealed that it's the Swedish chef still chasing the chicken across. Sam, the Eagle dressed to the nines in this fancy patriotic shimmer outfit introduces Elton John for one last number. Elton John introduces Miss Piggy and we get a lovely duet between the two of them. Don't go breaking my heart. Mm-hmm. At stage this week, the plot centers around the fact that Scooter wants to bother Elton John and perform a song for him. Kermit doesn't want him to and finally gives in because uh, Scooter's uncle owns the theater. It turns out that the song is one that Elton wrote and we get a beautiful backstage music number of Benny and the Jets. Yep. And you and you know me, I am a sucker for backstage music numbers. So pretty rare. At the end, Kermit and all the other Muppets come out in crazy feather flamboyant costumes. Thank Elton John one last time. And he comes out dressed as a proper proper English gentleman to subvert our expectations. And that is what we call the Muppet show this week. Uh, One backstage thing you missed, though, was the reason why we have uh, Sam the Eagle wearing the fancy outfit. Yeah, that was hard to explain the Mozart thing. I liked it because he's basically like, I don't like the way that this Elton John character dresses. And Kermit's like, what happened to classical musicians like Mozart? (laughs) And Kermit's like, well, Mozart wore heels and a a wig. (laughs) And lace. And and they show him. And Scooter just like coincidentally has this picture of Mozart. Oh, hi, guys. Look at this picture of Mozart. Uh, and so Sam puts on the crazy glitter outfit. It was just spectacular. <laughs> it was great. Sam the drag queen. Uh, what did you think of this week's episode uh, of the Muppet show featuring Elton John? You know, it's funny. Like it's, it's always best when they utilize the guests to the best of their abilities of what they're good at. And this worked perfectly for that because Elton John's not an actor and that shows in the few times that he has some lines, but he does his lines well enough. And, but then they had him sing his musical numbers, the big hits. And it was just like, they incorporated the Muppets really well. And so the episode moved by real fast. Like this is one of the fast episodes for me. Um, Just like, Oh, it's already done. That was a lot of fun. And it just, kept a pace and it's still got a veterinarian's hospital and a, and a pigs in space. And um, it just, yeah, all around, I think just really cohesive, probably top of the heap for me. Um, you know, not, not a lot of, you know, too much heavy on the backstage stuff, but they kept that incorporated throughout the numbers with the chasing the chicken around. So it's just like, it, it made it, <laughs> it made us really enjoyable. And I think it really fit. And, and Elton looked happy to be there. You know, this is before he was, complete you know legendary diva status you know so he's you know still a little bit down to earth but 
for for me, my my thoughts on this episode are sort of love hate because you're right. This is probably and probably continue to be one of the best musical episodes. Oh yeah, period. To have the main guest be the writer and perform four hit songs, big songs, yeah, big songs, which at the time were big, but now are even bigger when you look at them. Yeah, they're legendary. Songs. Those four songs on this one episode is insane. <laughs> and like in the whole thing with um, him singing Miss Piggy, um. Uh, and he, he says her name in the song instead, go, go break my heart. And he, he sings her name I'm like, oh, it's like it actually actually changed it a little bit, too. I like that. Um, so I, I love that aspect. And you're right. He didn't he they did what he did, what he did as well. He was a little bit stiff. He had some, a couple weird lines and a few times you could tell he didn't quite know where to look. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> there were those kind of moments, but overall very good. But at the same time, I love it when I get to see a, a guest star stretch. Yeah. Or do something unexpected or show off something or get integrated into a sketch. And we didn't get any of that, like any of that this week with the guest star. Yeah, there's no like purposely making them look silly and uncomfortable, like because there was just him being himself kind of thing. That's true. Right. And so I think that maybe in that respect, it was a missed opportunity. But it's not enough to say this isn't a good episode. I mean, sometimes they have the guests stretch their skills like with Florence Henderson and she sings a terrible song. So, I mean, it's yeah, something. but we've all agreed that for I think we still I think for us, Florence Henderson is still bottom of the heap. She really for, Muppet, for me, and at least she still is. What's funny is she's a she's really funny in, in like talk shows and stuff. She's like a great guest to have on things. And they just oh, that yeah. was just a bad plan for her. <laughs> um, so lo- love and hate because great music great guest, legendary performances, mm-hmm. iconic moments, but maybe they missed out on a little bit of something extra from Elton John. Who knows? Yeah. They could have pushed him a little bit. Uh, music this week, uh, crocodile rock co-written by Bernie Toppin. Uh, they were sued by famous songwriter, buddy K for the copyright, uh, on his song, uh, speedy Gonzalez. And if you take a moment to listen to it, it's really, really obvious they ripped off this song. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen to Speedy Gonzalez. It is, it is so apparent they ripped off I this song. I had no song. idea. It's, a, it's incredible. <laughs> Buddy K, Speedy Gonzalez, look it up. Uh, the costume Elton John wore for his super iconic uh, Crocodile Rock was homaged by CeeLo Green for his 2011 Grammy performance of Forget You. Ah, Yes. But then the Muppets then homage CeeLo Green back by having the chickens perform Cluck You at the benefit TV thing at the end of the Muppets movie, the one with Jason Siegel. Ah, yes. As an homage back to CeeLo doing an homage to Elton. That's funny. Benny and the Jets. A lot of people get confused as to whether Benny is spelled with a Y or an IE. And this stems from the fact that in the US and Canada, it was released as an A side spelled with an IE. But in the UK, it was a B-side for Candle in the Wind, spelled with a Y. All the album artwork had IE, but then when they re-released it in 1976, they switched it back to a Y. Weird. So yeah, uh, so that's why there's a lot of confusion about that. (laughs) Uh, Any Old Iron, a signature song by Harry Champion, a British musical performer better known for his other signature song, Om Henry VIII, I am, Henry VIII, I am, I am. Uh, yeah, Any Old Iron was one of his other big ones. Oh, okay. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. In 2010, uh, Rolling Stone put this song as number 390 on the, the greatest songs of all time. It's a good song. I didn't know it was and called Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Uh, don't Go Breaking My Heart, Elton's famous duet with Kiki D. She gained notoriety for being the first female singer from the UK to be signed by Motown. 
Oh, nifty. Yeah. So, Jarman, what did you think was the best Muppeteering moment this week? I mean, I think we got to go with Crocodile Rock. I mean, it, yeah. it was crazy. And it just reminded me of like the flashback of like the Muppet, the first Muppet movie um, where you have Kermit in the swamp and everything. And then mm-hmm. we, we're back in a swamp again. It's so hard to do that. I've seen the behind the scenes photos of Jim Henson underneath the swamp and everything. And just <laughs> so thinking about the, all of those puppeteers underneath there doing like all the crocodiles and then have figure out how to get Elton John to fall back into the water and splash and everything. It was just, it wasn't crazy. It was just insane. Right. I'm going to give it to the Swedish chef and the chicken. Cause you're right. That was the closest thing to a B plot we got and really carried the laughs through. <laughs> yes, it did. That was a good one. Yeah. I like it. So, German, what episode of Star Trek, the original series, did we watch this week? All right. This is a doozy. And this one made me sad that I didn't make my girlfriend watch this one because it's one of the, I think, top 10 important episodes of the original series. There's a ton in this episode. Yeah. And so I I think I got it down to a pretty good range here. But there's just a lot of backstory that you don't get necessarily from a lot of episodes of of Spock and characters and and important things about the Federation. and Planetary uh, interrelations. Yeah. And uh, DC Fontana. Join and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. DC Fontana is a big writer for these uh, a lot of these important episodes. And she did this one as well. Um, So basically we have the Enterprise transporting uh, Federation ambassadors to a, a conference on a planet called Babel. Get it? Because like the Tower of Babel, different civilizations, something like that, uh, to discuss getting the Corridan system into the Federation because they want to regulate it because this system has tons of dilithium, which everything runs on. And if they don't regulate it, there'll be tons of infighting and everyone will fight over who gets what resources when. So they're trying to integrate into the Federation. So the Vulcan ambassadors board. And it turns out they are Spock's parents. Woo. It's uh, Spock's mom, Amanda, who's human. And then Sarek, his father, who's Vulcan. <laughs> I love that reveal. This is ambassador Sarek and Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? But it's Wait, what? kind of a good reveal. Like, why does she have that name? Oh, because she's human. And apparently you notice very quickly that Sarek is not really giving Spock much attention because he's not wanting to associate with Spock because Spock turned down. What? Return the Vulcan salute. Exactly. Like, ooh, what a uh, burn. Uh, it's because Spock turned down going to the Vulcan Science Academy like 18 years ago, and Sarek not, never got over it. So instead, he went and joined Starfleet, and Sarek pissed off about that, which is an emotion. You shouldn't have that. So they host a reception for their ambassadors with like a big banquet and everything, including the Tellarites, with these pig people, and the Andorians, who are the blue antenna people. And they're two of the other founding members of the Federation, which we'll find out in this episode. And it goes on from there in Star Trek lore. And the Tellarite ambassador uh, very angrily wants to know what Sarek is going to vote for in the upcoming meeting because he wants to know what he, what he should expect. And he doesn't want to tell him at first. Sarek's like, well, you'll find out in the meeting. And the Tellarite keeps getting angrier and angrier. And finally, Sarek says, well, he's going to vote yes. And this is amongst two scenes, but I'm putting it together. And the Tellarite gets angry, and Kirk intervenes and stops him from fighting further, um, saying, there's no fighting on my ship. We'll figure this out later. Meanwhile, on the bridge, we see that an unknown ship is coming into range, and the Federation lets them know back that they have no knowledge of what the ship is. So it's very strange, and apparently they're in, they intercepted a message that's going back and forth between the ship and someone on the Enterprise. And it's encoded, so they can't figure out what it is. And just then, the Tellarite ambassador that was fighting with Sarek is found dead. And after examination, it's found that he was killed by a Vulcan neck snap of sorts that only Vulcans know how to do. And so basically, Sarek is now the prime suspect because he was seen fighting with him earlier. 
But upon questioning Sarek, they find out that he's actually very ill and he's had four Vulcan heart attacks, I'm going to call them. Uh, so this last one they have is in front of them. So he says he had his last attack when the Tellarite was being killed, so he couldn't have killed the Tellarite. Then they find out that Sarek will need a transfusion in, while he has surgery, and only Spock has the right pipe of blood to give him that transfusion. But just as he's about I to have give T-negative blood, rare yes. for Vulcans even. <laughs> exactly, but he's half-human blood, so they have to like purify it first, too. Um, but just then, Kirk is attacked by this random Andorian in the hallway, and he's stabbed in the back, and it punctures his lung, so he's really wounded, and he can no longer take command. So Spock must assume control of the Enterprise. But that means he can't give the transfusion to his father because it would knock him out for a long time. And he has to follow Starfleet regulations and take control of the ship, especially as it tells his mother, because there's murderers and a strange ship following them. So he has to take charge of this. What would my father say? Exactly. I would take care of myself instead of all the others. So Kirk uh, j recovers just enough to fake out Spock and pretend that he's all right long enough for uh, Spock to undergo the transfusion to save his father. But as they start the transfusion and the surgery, the strange vessel starts to attack the Enterprise, and they track down who the signal from that ship is going to, and it was that same Andorian that attacked Kirk, that's who's now in the brig. So they uh, find out through fighting with him, because he tries to escape, that he falls over and his antenna cracks, and the little radio thing is in his fake antenna. He's not actually an Andorian. So uh, they start doing the surgery on uh, on Sarek, and Spock is doing the transfusion. Um and then while they're doing that, uh, Kirk pretends that the Enterprise has been uh, knocked out by this uh, strange ship that's attacking them and just pretends they're dead in the water floating just long enough to lure them in and then blast them with phasers. And it knocks them out, but they're still there. And he's like, OK, well, we'll we'll take their surrender if we have to. But then the ship blows up. They self-destruct. And the so he starts to question the the fake Andorian guy. And he says, I actually am going to self-destruct as well. I took a slow moving poison. And he quickly, Quite painless, actually. Yes. And then he dies. He dies I faster. I may have miscalculated. <laughs> 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 so they're like, oh, shit. Uh, so they send him down to sickbay, his dead body. And they, the success, the surgery is a success on Sarek. And while Sarek and Spock are recovering, they do an autopsy on the strange and fake Andorian. And they find out he's actually an Orion, which is really cool. Um, and they piece together that the Orions wanted to cause chaos and had the meeting fail. So they could profit when all the races go to war and fight over the Dilithium and they'd profit off of the war profiteering and that kind of thing. That's what the Orions do. We'll find that out more later. And then uh, Bones tells everyone to shut up and he gets the last word, which is pretty awesome. Literally and the last word. <laughs> it stares the cameras like, I got the last word. <laughs> so, Steve, what did you think of Journey to Babel? I mean, as I said, what a full episode. Yeah. We get things like crew formal wear pomp and ceremony sock a uh, spock out of sorts and embarrassed by his mother yeah <laughs> lots of different kinds of aliens which is rare for the same episode true cool creative looking foods and drinks crazy shows of vulcan strength that we don't get to see a whole lot elsewhere mm. um i've said a lot about culture how they get accepted into to starfleet um the voting and it just, it's all of it. Yeah. You don't the get bored with the information about the meetings and the ambassadors. Cause there's too much going on. It feels like this, this episode should have come like way long ago. True. Way long ago. This episode was needed to flush all this crap out and establish like what the Federation is and how big it is and what it means. And yeah, right. I can see that. 
things I disliked. Um, the what? So the, one of the, this isn't really a dislike. This is a question. So I'll save it for the end. Um, <laughs> but the, what what the fuck is up with this jump off the wall move that Shatner has done like three times? <laughs> I know. Who is this like choreographer who was like, yeah, I did this in the big one, World War Two. <laughs> I did this to a Nazi. So you're going to do it six times over the course of the series or the one where he always throws his body at them, like, which is the worst thing to do. It's like, you're just, I just, I, I love the jump off the wall. It's <laughs> so dumb. And he's always like, what's you can hit him with an elbow. Is that what <laughs> it's like WWE moves basically. Okay, so you get to see that, which is great. Don't get me wrong. You get to see real blood, which is pretty rare for star Trek. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but that's this is a great episode. This is a great episode. And I thought the spy Andorian was a really good actor. Like he actually was really good. Oh yeah. I mean, everybody in this, like there wasn't a bad, terrible dud actor in the mix, really, which is pretty rare. Amanda, the mom is good. I like Amanda, that. the mom was good. Sarek was good. The dynamic with Spock was good. We got to see Leonard Nimoy stretch a little bit, which he doesn't get to do as Spock all the time. Yeah. Well, that moment when his mom leaves the, his room and he just puts his hand on the door shows that he really does have the emotions, but he's trying so hard to control them. Like, that's just a subtle, nice moment. Um, but yeah, so it was just, it was, it was a really good episode. Nice. So kind of a top of the heap kind of thing going on here. Oh, this is probably, this is without me having to really name the others. I can tell you this is top three. That's amazing. That's great. Without even having to think about what I said the first time we rounded this stuff up. <laughs> I can think some real dud, not cat's paw. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I guess uh, some trivia some for this thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for two weeks after the airing of this episode, Mark Leonard received more fan mail than Leonard Nimoy. Mark Leonard played Sarek and they were crazy about his performance, which wow. is appropriate because Mark Leonard had also been a potential candidate for the recasting of Spock. If Leonard Nimoy were to quit the series. So and he's also the only actor to appear as three different alien races. In I, yeah. Star Trek, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he played um, at least he played um, the first major Romulan character seen on Star Trek in the uh, Balance of Terror episode we already mm -hmm. watched. So and then he played a Klingon commander in the first Star Trek film. I didn't realize that. Yes, I'd forgotten that. I think they're the ones that are taken out by Vidra right at the right at the opening. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jane Wyatt, who played Amanda, um, as we know, she was on Father Knows Best, just like the actress in the last uh, episode we reviewed. Uh, was not familiar with the series, and she assumed that it was a comedy after reading the script. Uh, but after her first day of work, she saw that the cast and crew took the show very seriously. So she's like, oh, whoops. OK. Um, in the first episode ever to feature Spock's parents, actors Mark Leonard and Jane Wyatt asked Leonard Nimoy for advice on how the two of them could display their affection for one another in a subtle way, since the Vulcans are without emotion. Since it was Nimoy who devised the Vulcan neck pinch and the Vulcan salute, Nimoy suggested they touch and stroke each other's hand by the index and middle finger, which they do throughout the episode. They do a lot of touching. And then that gets repeated later on in Star Trek 3 when young Spock is rapidly aging and going through Pong Far. Yeah, and they do some There's finger sex. There's a lot sex. of very intense finger touching <laughs> and wrist stroking there. Oh, yeah. Give me the fingers. <laughs> 
Uh, actor John Wheeler, who was cast as Gav, I believe was the um, he's the Tellarite pig guy. He had so mm-hmm. much trouble seeing through the prosthetics over his eyes. There's these big gaps that they gave him that he's forced so to terrible. he's forced to raise his head to see his castmates, which actually worked its way into the entire ethos of um, Star Trek for Tellarites becoming arrogant and belligerent and aggressive. They always have their heads facing upwards because they're always like, oh, I'm a Tellarite. I'm like looking down their noses. Exactly. So it it just was an accident, but it made them kind of who they are. Uh, Because he's our first speaking Tellarite we get. Um, Amanda, Amanda's description of Spock being bullied by other children for his human heritage was later shown in in the animated series, which we'll watch later on down the line in an episode called Yesteryear, which people like to think of as canon, even though it's not necessarily. And also they redo that again in the live action movie, Star Trek 2009, the J.J. Uh, Abrams movie. Yeah. You get to see him bullied as a kid. So this is a very integral stepping stone episode for all of that. So what kind of Star Trek uh, Muppet connections we got this week? Well, Shatner hosted the 1978 Saturn Awards and performed a now famous cover spoken word of Elton John's Rocket Man. Oh, yes. Smoking a cigarette the whole time. Uh, Leonard Nimoy guested on the short-lived Captain and Tennille show. <laughs> and for one of his appearances, Captain and Tennille played Elton John's Your Song while Leonard Nimoy recited one of his poems over it. Beautiful. I'd love to watch that. Uh, and then Jane White, who played Spock's mother, Amanda, was on the love boat. <laughs> Not one, but four times. Different characters every time? Yes. Different characters <laughs> every time. And as we have established, everybody was on Steve, the love I need boat, to get a button for the love boat. I need to push the button goes, many, love boat, every time you say that. Many Muppet show hosts also <laughs> were on the love boat. Wow. Uh, guest stars, not hosts. Right, yeah, right. Guest, guest stars. stars. <laughs> Is that our connections? Yeah, that's it, man. All right. So our, our this week. similarities between these exact same episodes, we have uh, both episodes have a buffet of food. Uh, Elton John in his dressing room at the beginning of the episode and the okay, banquet, yeah. the banquet for the ambassadors uh, in Star Trek. I, absolutely. Kirk tries not to let his cast and crew embarrass him. Did I say Kirk or Kermit? God damn it. <laughs> He's not sure. <laughs> no, all right. Kirk tries not to let the crew embarrass him, just like Kermit tries to stop Scooter from embarrassing him in front of Elton. Very true. Um, What was the old-timey British song called? Oh, Lord. Muppet music, go. Uh, goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. No, that's Good, not it. No, uh, any old iron. Any, any old, old iron. iron. Yes, that old any old iron song speeds up faster and faster, just like the Orion ship does in the Star Trek episode. Uh, the agent tries to disguise themselves as a Telluride, just like the chicken tries to disguise ping pong balls as eggs. <laughs> that's accurate. Um, <laughs> I said Elden comes out in disguise, basically at the end, disguising himself as a regular okay, Englishman, yeah. just like the fake Andorian. He's disguised as an Andorian. <laughs> uh, Kermit forces Elton into an awkward position in his dressing room by pressing him to play the song. Just like Sarek is pressured by the piggy man about joining Starfleet. Oh, I have a similar last one here that Kermit is upset that Scooter wants to give the song to Elton and tries to step in. But it turns out they're actually getting along and singing the same song, much like Spock, Sarek and Amanda, where Amanda tries to step in and say, you guys need to get along. But then really they're getting along with their own in their own way, with their non-emotional. Their way. Yeah. yeah, they they're actually they, at the I'm end. You can tell they I'm, really love I'm, each other. I pick up what you're putting down. Oh, I'm good. I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, God. What's that noise? Transporter malfunction. 
transport. Get that sound effect. I need to. All right. So this is the part of the show where we transport one character from one episode to the other episode and vice versa. So what you got for us, Steve? So this week, Muppets to Trek, I've got the talking food from the dressing room going and replacing the delicious smorgasbord <laughs> with talking intergalactic delicacies. And then eating them as you hear their screams. <laughs> no! Please! Well, Elton John was putting salt on them, so that was pretty disturbing. <laughs> uh, yes, it was clear. Uh, I have uh, the chicken uh, replaces the Andorian spy. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. You just have the chicken running around the Enterprise, like getting away yeah. from everyone. This is an antenna. This is a ping pong ball. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, Trek to Muppets. I've got Gov the Pigman coming over to replace Dr. Julius Strangepork, who can't identify the invading aliens because he can barely see out of his costume. <laughs> it's a look up in the sky. <laughs> I noticed. Through the episode, I was like, there is no way he can see anything. <laughs> that was just really badly no done eyes. Way. He can see anything at all. <laughs> I have a uh, Spock will replace Elton John um, and just throughout the whole thing, <laughs> just sing his episodes, sing his songs, like either the way Leonard Nimoy sings his songs or just talk, sing them all. <laughs> I'm just imagining Elton John replacing Spock, but like in his ridiculous, audacious costumes. Oh, yeah. So every time Sarek sees him, he's like disappointed in what he's wearing. Well, I have Spock actually on the Muppet show doing this song. So he's going to be like, I remember when I was young. The crocodile rock. <laughs> Me and Susie, we had so much fun. Bubba, Benny, and the Jets. Singing songs <laughs> and skipping stones. <laughs> That's right. So I guess that already brings us to the end of episode 39 of Muppet Trek Podcast. That's right. Join us next time for the Muppet Show with special guest Cleo Lane. Oh, an original series episode, Friday's Child. So from the lovers, the dreamers, and us. Live long and prosper, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Muppet Trek Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. This podcast has been brought to you by A Play on Nerds. Oh,